Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. A potential bombshell of a story broke late on Friday, involving the accusations of predatory behavior and the sheltering of a predator by the Vatican that has been all but ignored by the Catholic media since this cycle of never-ending synods and ecumenical meetings began in the, this last spring. And while that's understandable, we cannot forget that Francis keeps an assortment of accused predators and deviants in his inner circle. Now an allegation has surfaced that is truly disturbing. Is Francis himself housing a predator in the Domus Santa Marta? Francis has lived in that hotel for the six years of his tenure so far, and has refused to live in the official papal apartments. An accusation has surfaced that he is essentially roommates with a known Argentinian predator, who targeted seminarians, Bishop Gustavo Zanqueta. He is accused of assaulting two seminarians, and that accusation cost him his post at the Vatican Bank, along with some other really weird accusations. And at that Vatican Bank, he had been serving as an assessor for Francis, whatever that is. Odd how the accusations of deviancy and assault seem to coincide with the Vatican Bank, isn't it? It keeps coming up. I mean, anyway, let's get into the story, because it's a story that shouldn't be ignored. First, here's some context, which comes from the Catholic News Agency. Here's where we all get to be reminded of Francis the Merciful and his weird habit of keeping people in his inner circle that have a laundry list of perverse allegations against them, and that no normal person would want living with them. Here's a technical bit of that story, which I'll quote directly from the CNA article. Quote, A prosecutor of sexual crimes in Oran, Maria Soledad Filtrin Cuezo, has requested international assistance in Zanqueta's arrest, because according to El Tribuno newspaper, the bishop has not responded to repeated telephone calls or emails to the contact for information provided by his defense counsel. Cuezo has opposed allowing Zanqueta to leave the country, according to El Tribuno, but the bishop was permitted to leave after he presented a document showing that he is employed within Vatican City. She has also said that she had frequently found it necessary to request assistance from the Apostolic Nuncio in Argentina in order to ensure that Zanqueta appeared in court during proceedings in his case. Zanqueta is alleged to have sent sexually explicit selfies from his cell phone, harassed seminarians, and mismanaged the finances of the Diocese of Iran, which he led from 2014 to 2017. Earlier this month, police raided his chancery offices in Iran. End quote. What a guy. Just the kind of person I'd like to have living with me in the confines of my home. And just the guy, kind of guy I want to have working in the Vatican Bank as an assessor after he's been accused of mishandling funds for, for his diocese. This, you, you can't make this stuff up. So here's the meat of the story. The most recent development comes from the Washington Post. Headline, Argentine prosecutors seek abuse-related arrest of bishop who worked with Pope Francis. That's a doozy of a headline, and it makes me wonder what the mood is in the Domus Santa Marta these days. It's probably tense, given that prosecutors are calling for Zanqueta's international arrest for charges of abusing seminarians, as well as having failed to remain in contact with Argentinian authorities once he was permitted to leave the country. And people wonder why Francis hasn't bothered to return to Argentina since getting elected. I mean, can you imagine what would happen? 
The Argentinian authorities report that Zanqueta hasn't responded to phone calls, emails, mail, or any form of attempt to contact made by the Argentinian authorities. Obviously, he's acting that way because that's what innocent people do, right? They flee the country and then refuse to respond to the legal authorities' attempts to contact them. Maybe making that kind of decision makes some kind of sense to the kind of person who might assault seminarians, but in the world that the rest of us live in, this seems like bizarre behavior. But what does it say about Francis? The Washington Post cutely says this says that it calls his his judgment into question. Now that's an astonishing understatement, but I don't expect better, much better from that rag of a newspaper. Instead, let's look at facts and then consider the obvious. Vatican spokesman for Francis's visit to the Philippines and officials in Rome have not responded to press questions about Zanqueta. Can you blame them? But that would but that would assume their non-response response was voluntary. When in reality, any political organization will respond to requests as commanded by the people they work for. In this case, it's highly unlikely that Francis or the Secretary of State or someone in a similar top-level position has been enforcing a policy of non-response to the media. In other words, the Vatican is protecting Zanqueta. Why? If Francis handed him over to Argentinian authorities, it would gain him a lot of goodwill among the press in the Western world. So why are they protecting him? Here's some proof that he's being protected. Again, quoting the Washington Post piece, which begins by recounting that Zanqueta has been the Bishop of Iran and then abruptly resigned in 2017 to fill a brand-spanking new position at the Vatican Bank. Quote, Investigations by the Associated Press and Argentinese, Argentina's Tribune of Salta have indicated that, by that time, the Vatican had received numerous complaints about the bishop, that he had taken naked selfies, mismanaged finances, and been accused of misconduct with seminarians. In 2015, officials in Zanqueta's diocese raised the alarm about the apparent selfies, according to the AP. Francis then summoned Zanqueta to Rome and asked the bishop about what happened. Zanqueta said his phone had been hacked. He defended himself well, the Pope recalled in May 2019 interview with Mexico's Televisa. End quote. Zanqueta re resigned after new allegations surfaced and was given a new job at the Vatican Bank. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? In fact, bishopaccountability.org has a list of more than 100 bishops and cardinals accused of one form of abuse or another. Now, to be clear, an accusation is not an indictment, and in this environment, an accusation against a bishop or a cardinal would be a useful weapon to, to use to bring that person down, to utterly discredit them, and maybe even to imprison them unjustly. We've seen that already, and we're likely to see it again. But over 100 bishops and cardinals with accusations against them? Does anyone else remember when Francis said he'd clean this mess up? I do, not that I believe he had any intention of cleaning that mess up. I mean, after all, you don't wipe out a group of rats by inviting them into your home. And that's pretty much what Francis has done with Zanqueta and a few others. There's no way that Zanqueta would live in the Domus Santa Marta without Francis's permission and without his protection. Like I said, he has a weird case of keeping deviants in his inner circle. Do you remember when Co Cardinal Coco Palmero had his apartment raided by Italian police while a deviant party was going on? I remember that. I don't really have a lot more to say on this issue. There's a reason I haven't covered predatory priests in the cover-up in a while, to be honest. I find it tiresome. Like, we've all been here before a thousand times. Although, in this case, it would be kind of amusing to see Dog the Bounty Hunter or somebody like that go to Rome and bring Zanqueta to Argentina. Not that I'm wanting to give anybody ideas like that. But this is really, this whole problem is just a symptom of the bigger problem, and that problem is modernism. Once you reject Christ, which the modernists functionally have by 
liberalizing the church and adopting weird pseudo-theology that turns Christ into some sort of mythical figure, then perversion is one of the natural consequences of that. And perversion takes many, many forms. We know from the testimony of Bella Dodd and AA 1025 that perverts were purposely put in the seminaries of the Catholic Church across the West, as well as a lot of Protestant ecclesial communions, and was done so to weaken and discredit the church from within. We've been seeing the fruits of that plan unfold before our eyes for decades now, and only now are we starting to see a crop of seminarians who appear to have rejected perversion and are trying to embrace tradition as best they can, given that the modernists run the bulk of the seminaries in the Western world. But keep those seminarians in your prayers and pray for an end to this long James Martin-style nightmare that we're all living through now. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.